0: Remember Jacob supply quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now on to the show. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Uh-oh. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Men Walking Podcast. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for hanging out, man. What a week it's been. Oh boy. And thank you for supporting us at DMW podcast.com. Uh, go check us out, learn a little bit more about us, um, and, uh, support the show if you want, uh, on our merch, uh, site. So, um, Guys, it's been great. I've had a few weeks off, pre-recorded some episodes. I hope you've been enjoying those. We had Blake Long on with a book that he just published on When God Says No. We've had Dr. James White on. Uh, We had uh, Davis on, an attorney. So go check out those back uh, catalog issues over the last, oh, I don't know, three, four, five weeks. Um, Obviously, we drop every Wednesday. And uh, check them out because they were were really good. And I think we have another good episode uh, today. I mean, um, a really good one. I don't know this gentleman uh, too well. Uh-oh. And, and we have children making an appearance on the podcast in the background there, uh, which is yeah. fine. I have three myself, so that happens from time to time. Uh, he's the pastor of Covenant Reform Baptist Church. He's the owner of Post Tenebras Lux, which we're going to be talking about. And he's a speaker at the, uh, shadow, from uh, uh, Shadows to Substance Conference coming up uh, in a few weeks that I'm going to be attending. And uh and where's that at? That's in Homa Tennessee, I believe. Yep. It's uh Pastor Jeffrey Rice. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, brother?
0: I'm doing pretty good. It's uh nice to meet you here. Uh yeah, yeah, definitely. Digitally. Okay. Yeah. And then hopefully here in about a week or so we'll meet in person. But yeah. um just wanted to just wanted to bring you on because we cover everything here, uh, doctrine, theology, culture, politics, all from a reformed biblical worldview. Uh, but we also get into some fun stuff, you know. Uh, over the Christmas break, we had uh, oh, we had the uh, confused Calvinist and craft beer review. We have had um, leather workers on. We have had comedians that are uh, uh, believers on, and so we cover different things. And this one's kind of a different episode. Maybe not necessarily. Maybe we'll get into it later, a little more theology. But um, really, going to talk about what you do. With your Bible rebinds and leather working, which I find absolutely just they're just gorgeous. Um, and I'm going to be you. ordering one from you pretty soon, but before we get into that, uh, can you give a little bio on you just so that people know about you, maybe uh, family and and you know how you got into pastoring and, and things like that? Just give us a couple minutes on you,
1: yeah. Well, you know, to begin with, I like to you know always say I'm a Christian before I am anything, right? Uh, start reading the Bible when the tower. Fell in 9-11, and that began my journey into uh, Christianity. Of course, you know I was raised in church and stuff like that, but never really bought into it. Uh, Ex game banger, um, and so I like to begin with: I am a Christian. I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, I have a litter of kids, and also <laughs> raise my sixteen year old, well, my seventeen year old nephew now. So, um, so, so, so very busy with the, you know, the, the family life, but also I work 45 hours a week on Bible rebinding, and, I, and when my family goes to sleep at night, I stay up from about 8, 8.30 to about midnight, sometimes 1 o'clock, I stay up studying, preparing messages, and doing my own uh, private study.
0: Okay, so how long have you been uh, doing the rebinds and did you have a previous vocation before that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've been doing rebinding for um, close to five and a half years. Okay. Well, pro- yeah. I mean, yeah, about five, uh, yeah, c- close to five and a half years. And, uh, I roofed houses for, you know, professionally for 25 years. Okay. And I was really good at what's called, um, flashing chimneys, right? So you sure. take, metal or copper and you form it around the chimney to keep it from leaking mm-hmm. and so i was really good at that and uh, me and my wife we got uh, skylar bibles when we got married and so i was just holding one one day and yeah i was like man i bet i could make one of those and my wife was like you're crazy I can't do it. And so I sewed some things and bought some leather and uh about twenty Bibles in, she was still right. I couldn't do it. <laughs> but after a while, I just I just kept practicing. She was like, Well, wow, you're getting really good at this. And so we yeah. started posting them and stuff like that. And uh, but but it came down to the point, like in roofing, I came down with what's called banal positional vertigo. Okay. And so which is not good for roofing, right? Uh, I woke up one morning and just passed out and then I stood up and it was as if someone it was as if I was in a hamster ball or something and someone was shaking it up and mm-hmm. I went out again and I think it was three or four days. Like I could not get balanced every time I would change from one position to another, the lights would completely go out. My, You know, I, I would just fall to the ground. And so uh, it turns out I was dealing with some PTSD, um, mm-hmm just a troubled childhood. And, uh, and so whenever, like, it was, it was a, it was a big problem in my, in my Christian walk, right? Like, you know, early on in my Christian walk, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-game banger. Uh, I was, you know, really good in, ho- in hostile positions, you know, like fighting and stuff like that. When yeah. I became a Christian, like, I could not fight with my hands. And so, whenever altercation would occur, I would run away from the altercation, right? So in PTSD, you have what's called fight or flight. Okay. And so because I couldn't punch somebody, I would just leave, right? I I, I would leave before I'd end up punching somebody or something, you know? Right, right. And uh, and so it was a big problem in my Christian, uh, early on in my uh, my Christian walk. But finally being diagnosed with PTSD and knowing that it was something mental going on that was causing me to run away. Mm. It, it, it started the greatest fight of my life, you know? So now when I feel the need to run, I don't, and I want to try to, uh, you know, maybe not in that moment, but uh, uh, maybe an hour later, try to work things out, uh, you know, in in a conversation, whether it be, if I'm, you know, uh, having a disagreement with my wife or having a disagreement with, With whoever. Right. And so, but, but really getting into debating has helped me out too. So debating uh, theology has really helped me uh, to, uh, to embrace confrontation. Sure. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So you're, you're kind of embracing it in a controlled uh way. arena too, which probably helps. So it is confrontation, right, right. but yeah, there, there, there's not that uh, thing of, you know, it's going to go so, so completely sideways, it becomes physical or something like that.
1: Right. But, uh, but concerning pastoring, so I was ordained with the, you know, like the Pentecostal groups. So, so say like Assemblies of God, Churches of God and stuff like that. So Trinitarian Pentecostalism uh, so, in 2011. Okay. Right. In 2013, I, I left the church that was, uh, I was involved with planting uh, due to preaching through the gospel of John. So I got the John chapter three, and, and so I preached it like a reformed person. Not really understanding the doctrine or anything. And uh, it was my last message there. And I really didn't know what I believed. I didn't know if I was a heretic or if the church I was a part of was teaching heresy. So I, 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 I figured it was best to just figure out what I believed. And um, for the longest after coming to Reformed theology, uh, you know, it, it would have been really easy to get back into the pulpit with the Trin- Trinitarian Pentecostals. But I uh, I would much rather sit in the pew than to uh, align myself with something I disagreed with. Sure, but um, uh, three years. Uh, so yeah, so right at three years ago, I was uh, I had moved to be a part of a, a a church that was reforming, and then they had me in their eldership classes where they were looking to me to be an elder. The pastor steps down. Uh, this church calls me in. So this is during COVID. They call me in to interview me for the pastorate and asked me what I be preaching calvinism and i said well i don't plan on having a conference on calvinism but i you know right. i open the bible if it says choose you this day, I preach choose you this day. If it says uh, you were uh, pre- de- pre- uh, predestined for the foundation of the world, I said, I preach you were predestined. I said, I don't understand the conversation, right? I just preach verse by verse. right? And so they said, well, they're moving away from Reformed theology. And so it was a big uproar. And uh, we had a, you know, uh, no churches were meeting. And, uh, and, and I just told some people that me and my family were going to meet and, have services for ourselves until some churches started up. And then a lot of families said, well, they're coming with us. And uh, next thing I know, I get a phone call uh, from a pastor I know in New York saying that he heard that I was planting a church. And I said, well, you heard wrong. I'm <laughs> I'm not planting a church. And he was like, well, won't you, let's talk about it. And yeah. So their church was, was very interested in planting churches. And so I flew out there and preached for them and taught for them. And they voted to send us out as a church. And we're wow. almost three years as a congregation.
0: Wow. Very. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a great, great kind of journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I came out of, uh, like I've said many times in this podcast from a very young age, a more fundamentalist. And then into my teenage years, we attended a, a church that was extremely Pentecostal and then worked through the doctrines of grace in my early 20s. Um, uh, and, and, and it's been a blessing, uh, ever since then. But, um, so pastoring for the last three years with the church and then, um, the the business for five and a half years so let, let's dig down on this because i have a we, we have a lot of listeners here uh, most of them have bibles i would assume okay I'm, i won't say all but i'd say the mass the majority of them have bibles um and i just cannot get over um as someone who is a little creative myself i'm a musician and 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 have a creative bone in me it, but i don't do leather work um these rebinds are absolutely beautiful uh, if you go to the website, you, you. you can throw that out and we will link up your website. Uh, so when people are listening to this, they can even click on it uh, during that and, and check it out. Um, what is the? Because I'm interested in this whole process. What is the start to finish on that? D- does someone send you in a Bible, let's say, and they go, oh, it's, it's tore up. It's old. It's whatever I want. I want uh, a, a new, uh, you know, new cover on it. Do they send that in? And then do they pick what type of leather? Do you do multiple types of leathers or a certain one that's better than others? Like what is that process? Can you, can you tell us?
1: Yeah, well, of course they can send in the Bible, whether it's tore up or it's brand new. Uh, it's always better if it's brand new. Uh, I mean, you know, okay. the, uh, the leather is going to form around the, the block that you send in. So if the block that you send in, the pages are just curled up, right? Yeah. Well, the leather is going to form along with, the block, and there's really nothing much you can do with a the Bible with a Bible or the paper is is curled up, right? I mean, if you ever see a a Bible that's left in inside of a, a car, like say a back window, the way that yeah. the Bible swells, sure, right there, there's no unswelling. And so, if, if if people send me something like that, well, don't expect it to look like this, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and so you know you're going to get what you send in. If you want it to 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 look like it came off the show room floor, send in a new Bible. Yeah. But we do rebind and you know used Bibles or whatever. But yeah, for so most part, they send in their Bible. They pick the leather. They pick the uh, the color. The the color of the leather cover, leather liner, uh, ribbons. Um, I mean, just basically, we we, we can almost do. We could almost do what you want, but there is limitations. Uh, for the most part, we do uh, cow skin, I mean, cow hide, calf skin, and goat skin.
0: Okay. What's yeah. the difference between those three? Is it just a look? Is it a field? Is one more workable than both, the
1: other? Both. I would say both. Um, cow hide, in my opinion, cow hide and calf skin I used to like the goat skin better. Like, you know, even now we receive Bibles from the 1800s that's, that has a goat skin on it. And it's still, it's not in great condition, but you can tell the goat skin has lasted. I have yet to receive a Bible from the 1800s with cow skin, cow hide. But I'm not saying maybe they didn't use cow for this particular thing at that time. Yeah, But, uh, and so for that reason... I used to, to go with it. And I think goat skin is good for more of a traditional rebound, I mean, for more traditional binding. But as far as rebinding, my personal opinion, I think cow and, and calf is, is the best. It's easier to work with. Okay. Um, I think it has a better smell. Uh, like, yeah. it, it scratches and uh, like, what like, and and like, what, like, say, this Bible right here. So, sure. so I could scratch it, but then I could lick my finger and rub it, and, and the scratch is gone,
0: buffs it right out, huh?
1: Buffs it right out,
0: yeah, yeah. And then
1: it just smells good, it smells like leather, and it just you know, I could, they all open real flat, and sure.
0: Camera. So when you do something like that too, I'm guessing it's not just the outside. There's the inside that needs to be. be I, I yeah, don't know so the technical it, Well, the term.
1: spine itself, the spine, the spine okay. of the Bible, has to be reinforced. Okay. And the way that we do it, because like if you if you think about a car, and a car has shocks. Yeah. So if you drive a car without shocks, you're gonna it's, the moment you hit a rock, it's gonna tear something up. Yeah. It's
0: not good. Well, it's the good. same
1: way with the with the Bible. So so right here. In order to attach the block, like like okay. you can see that line right there. And, yeah. and, the, and for those listening, so that's another piece of leather. Yes, that's a piece of leather liner that's attached to the block of the Bible. Okay. All right. And so when you open it, every time you open it, it, it pulls at the spine. Okay. Like it's trying to rip the spine. Yeah. And so you have to reinforce it with a piece of cloth that wraps around it that keeps that spine from tearing apart. Then you have what's called an Oxford hollow, if you can imagine, just like a toilet paper tube, something like that. Okay, it's you know it just flattened out, and um and it just like it allows the Bible to expand when it just opens a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so whenever it opens, it keeps the, uh, the back of the spine here. Yep, from breaking. Right. Yep. So, so so this spine, like when you open it, it's still flat. Yeah, like that spine is not going to cave in. Yep, and a lot of the old Bibles that you see that are brought in, they'll have like an arch to it. Yeah, because it doesn't have an Oxford hollow that keeps it from breaking.
0: So if you get, so a bi- I, I put an Oxford hollow. I'm sorry. So if you get a Bible like that with an arch, do you put an Oxford hollow in it for yeah, the customer? I put an
1: Oxford hollow, and yeah, I, on I put it. one in every Bible. Yeah,
0: yeah, just helps better. So, is there different materials you use for the inside? And do you ever add pages? No, Can you add like a couple? of blank pages for extra notes or anything like that, or is whatever was in the previous Bible, whether it's new or used, that's what's going in the new rebind. Or do you ever add things to it?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I can, and I used to, but I don't any longer. Okay. S- simply because I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. Like if I have to do anything extra, it pushes my wait time way out. Yeah. And so um, rebinding is getting really popular. Yeah. So I just kind of leave that for the guys that don't have as much business. Okay, right? Um, yeah. Like I, I, I really don't have time to do it, yeah. just to be honest. So I kind of work. It's like a factory. For the first two and a half days, I make covers, mm-hmm. and then on the the the, 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 the that, that third day, half of it, I I I reinforce the spines. The fourth day, I stamp, and then I finish reinforcing the spines, and the fifth day. I'll do the odd and ends of what's left, and then I put it together and bind it. And so, and I find if I have to add anything to that, it's going to take me, you know, another day or two to finish the process.
0: So, if so, so the most basic one you're looking at about a week uh, to do one Bible,
1: well, yeah, it takes me a week to do it, right? Um, And are you doing multiple Bibles
0: at at the same time?
1: Yeah, so I'm doing about eight, eight a week, eight, nine. Well, it depends. Sometimes, Sometimes seven, sometimes nine, 10. Like it just depends. So you're doing but that. But I try to schedule eight Bibles a week. So you're, you're doing that many Bibles where you're doing up to eight Bibles a week just continuously. Yep. Continuously. Wow. Like 45 hours a week.
0: Jeez. Yeah. Now I've seen on the website, um, and throw out the website for everyone listening really quick.
1: Uh, P-T-L Bible com. Okay. P-T-L Bible rebonding.com. And
0: we'll link that up. I saw some very beautiful, like gold stamping you can do and some custom mm-hmm. stuff, like maybe in the lower right or lower left of the Bible. And then on the, on the, uh, on the back of it, of the spine, what do what are you doing there when you do oh, yeah. stuff so like that? So this is, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, th- so I have what's called a hot foil stamp machine. Okay. And so, uh, so whenever you're placing the letters in there, they're upside down and backwards.
0: Yep, makes sense. So I've
1: gotten really good at reading upside down and backwards. <laughs> right. Now the problem is, is I am dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> so there's been many of times where I I mess up in the stamping, and then like you can see here the the, the Cairo in Hawk Signal Wind Chase.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that. If if you're throwing that in, obviously that's a charge extra for the client or customer. But that, well, that takes the, a little the extra spine, time. Too.
1: Well, the, the spine of the Bible, I don't charge anything. So well, so if you get Holy Bible, the uh, the initials of the translation with the logo, that's included. Oh, okay. If you want the five solas or the doctrines of grace put on there, yeah, uh, something extra, you know, yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, it can get a little more expensive.
0: Yeah. And from what I've seen, so I should just say for everyone listening to there, there's some, um, I mean, just reviews all over the internet of your work. And, and I'm not trying to puff you up or, or brag on you or anything, but just very good reviews of people just extremely happy with your work. Meaning, um, I mean, just, just the handcrafted, the, you know, the way it looks, the kind of one off, um, including some, you know, in our circles, some more, Some more famous people, I guess you would say, even like a Dr. James White who sang your praises on his show for, you know, for, for, you know, months and months, uh, which you will be uh, speaking with him, uh, you know, later this month, which we'll get into. Um, So, What's the price range on something like that? Because if one of our listeners goes, yeah, I want to do a rebind, I I think I'm I'm onto this. One, what's the price range? And you don't have to, you know, just give me a wide range so they they know. I know different size Bibles and things like that are probably different prices. And then two, what would be the turnaround for them to where they would be without their, how long would they be without their Bible? And what's the turnaround time? Those might be two different times. I'm not sure if you have them send it in when it's closer to that time, but um, price range and turnaround time for people listening who might be interested.
1: Yeah. So let's start with the the latter. So um, the turnaround time, so it's right now it's three months. Okay. But so, so you would pay a deposit and and the the deposit is non-refundable, right? And and I've had to, you know, bear down with people on this. Like it's non-refundable. If you pay a deposit, you will not get your (laughs) deposit back. Sorry. I'm trying to feed my family. Right. It's non-refundable. All right. And then three months later, whenever it's time to do the Bible, you send that Bible in and you're going to be without it for about three weeks. Okay. But the moment we call and tell you to send the Bible in, that's when you pay the remaining fee. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And and, 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 and that price, depending on the Bible and uh, uh, again, so, you know, you can get a basic rebind without the stitching. Without a lot of complications. So when I'm talking about stitching, so I hand stitch.
0: All the, the way perimeter. around the perimeter there. Yeah, yeah it's all hands. Those. Like those everything's done by
1: hand. Do you do a single like, stitch little, or like
0: a double stitch?
1: It's called a saddle stitch. Okay. It's the strongest stitch there is. And then you see that gold line on the inside. Yep, yep, on the inside. Well, well, yeah, but well, that's extra. And then you have a line right here on that, on that perimeter. That's extra. Okay. So so, so you get a basic rebind without any of the extras. A large basic rebine for two fifty. Okay. Or that thing can get up to five hundred dollars, depending on what you want to add. <laughs> yeah, if you start All right? Yeah, accessories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to nickel and dime people, but it, it takes time to, to do everything.
0: Absolutely. Um.
1: Uh, but it cost me close to a hundred dollars to do one. Yeah. So the leather is very expensive. Yep. I, I'm pushing close to a hundred dollars to do a bible. Yeah. That's what it costs me.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying too. Like, very reasonably priced for the work that I see. Uh, I mean, it lasts forever. Oh, lasts forever. Um, I mean, like right here,
1: a yeah. grand. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I
0: was going to say the one I'm holding was, uh, I think, 1200 You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's well, uh, yeah. And we're going to get a new one in two years. Co- <laughs> yeah. 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 I,
1: yeah. I, I, I think this was probably close to, to, to 1200 Yeah. I got one more payment on it. And yeah. this thing, and it's two years out, I got one more payment, and yeah. it's not working that great. Right. All right. All right. This thing. Yeah. You know, let's say three, $400. Yeah. Lasts you your whole life. And maybe your kid's life, too. And I pass don't care on how to you handle it. I mean, yeah, this thing ain't, ain't going nowhere. It lasts you your whole life. You're yeah. able to pass it down to your children. So when people yeah. start complaining about prices, I'm like, ah. Yeah. Do you, you get gotta...
0: that? Do you get that a lot? Because that was one thing I wasn't thinking when I was looking at your work online and looking at pricing. I go, I'm not. To to me, uh, you know, I'm I'm the type of person to where if I'm going to purchase something, one, I want it quality, and I don't mind paying the money. You know, some people are in the mindset of buying five of one thing that breaks every year instead of just buying one thing, a little more expensive that lasts a while. So price wasn't really, I looked at it, I went, that seems very reasonable actually when you look at other people doing rebinds. Not a whole lot out there that are doing your kind of work, I would say, or even your quality. But do you get that sometimes with people just don't really understand the the, the quality? And they might say, yeah, I don't, I don't, I I think that seems too much. Or or I, I think maybe in America too, we're in the thing of like, you know, cheap Bibles. Like yeah, we like to go yeah, into absolutely. a bookstore and go, "Oh, I want to spend twenty five bucks on a Bible," and then we're complaining yeah. when the fake leather is ripping in six months. And mm-hmm. you know,
1: yeah, yeah, we definitely get that quite often. And uh, I mean, because you can, you know, go on to I I, I don't want to name anyone, but there's companies out there that sell goat skin Bibles, and you can get them for like one hundred twenty five. But the yeah. goat skin's crap. It yeah. stinks. It's, you know, it, it's, you know, for the most part, I think they're, you know, not to bash on China, but they're China-made goat skin. Our goat skin comes from Nigeria. Our goat skins and our cow skins and goat skins can come from Italy. I mean, yeah. uh, just the, we get the best leather. Like, we don't try to compromise with with buying cheap leather. Like, I, I could go to Hobby Lobby and get leather. Yeah. Right. But, I, but i'm not doing that i'm i'm i'm, right. I'm having leather shipped from overseas yeah Right. And it's the best leather you can possibly get your hands on. Yeah. And that stuff costs money. Uh, my ribbons. Right. I, I can go to Hobby Lobby and buy double sided satin ribbons. Yeah. yeah. I get these ribbons shipped from overseas. Yeah. These are Beresford ribbons. Uh, yeah. Each row costs me 20 upwards to 25 or 30 dollars. I mean, wow!
0: I'm,
1: again, a Hobby Lobby, three dollars. I can get a row for three dollars. Yeah, yeah. They have the best material out there. My thread that I stitch with, everything it's it's high level. Everything is the the numero uno, right? Yeah, it is the best.
0: No, I love that man. I I love when someone takes uh, pride in the quality of their work. Uh, I'm the same way in the business I own. Uh do you ever did you do you ever look back and go, I went from, you know, putting flashing around a chimney to I would be into leatherwork and rebinds? Did you ever think that was gonna cross that you would be in that business and, and running a business yourself like that? Or, or is this just something the Lord dropped you in and and you and it's worked out in his providence?
1: Well, I've always been crafty. <laughs> always. I have always made things. I I have always been able to stitch. I've always you know, like yeah. of course my wife taught me how to settle stitch, but I can you know I I I I've always been able to do stuff and I've always liked working with my hands. But uh, you know my dad was a roofer. I can remember being 3 years old on a roof job playing with trash. 11 years old, I worked my first summer with my dad. 12 years old, he was making me pay rent and buy my school clothes. Right. <laughs> right, you know, and so like like, I just felt like I was, you know, doomed to it. And, but, you know, there, there's still definitely things I miss about it. The camaraderie that I have with with, with uh, the men. Sure. Like, I don't have that now. Um, I get all, you know, uh, so like the guys on my podcast that I have, um, I have two of the co hosts, and, and we're constantly texting back and forth or talking. I'm, sh- I mean, it gets, this gets on my wife's nerves. I'm sure it gets on their wife's nerves. But it's it, but 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 we're all, you know, you know, from that we don't have that camaraderie really, and and so we just kind of vicariously do have that over the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw off but, the name
0: of the podcast
1: for everyone. Uh, open air theology.
0: Oh, okay, man. I was just gonna say, I like that T-shirt yeah. you're wearing. It looks like it's yeah. a, a not a loudspeaker. What is that called? Bullhorn. Open-air open air theology. We'll make sure yeah, we listen because we're all
1: street preachers, right? Love we it. all are street preachers. We witness a lot. But, you know, and but, and so the, the point of it is, is that we get on the podcast, street preachers, and we talk theology.
0: Love it. Well, let's shift yeah. gears here uh, and talk about that, because I believe you, your church is hosting, or you are hosting, the Shadows yeah. to Substance Conference, uh, which is in Tullahoma, Tennessee, from uh what is it february 16th 17th and 18th you're going to be one of the speakers there one of my good friends claude ramsey is going to be one of the speakers there uh dr james white will be uh speaking and doing a debate there tell me how this came about because i think this is the first one isn't it it is
1: well well we started meeting so so the conference is being hosted by open air theology awesome OK, right. And, and um, so our church, when we, you know, like we kept meeting at, at, at different places that well, we didn't have a, a church home. Right. So we would rent a day here. every You know, like we started in one building and then we, we we moved over to this other building and then this other building. And so we was just paying week by week for one day. And I always told uh, the guys on my podcast, you know, it, as soon as we get a church building, I'm having a conference. Right and and, and 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 I think was probably in the building three weeks, and I already started scheduling, <laughs> trying to trying to figure out a way to have a conference. How long have you been and in so, that building now? Um, let's see. The, this week will be my twenty third message in John. That's, okay. so probably twenty five weeks.
0: Awesome. All right. So yeah, six yeah. seven months. Awesome. Yeah. So so you said schedule the conference. Um uh, mm-hmm. And it seems like it's going good. Tickets are selling. It's the first one. What are you going to be talking about? What's your subject? Can you give us a little teaser for those listening that, um, you know, b- might want to kind of get a sneak peek?
1: Yeah, well, so it's going to be from shadows to substance. So it's definitely going to be about covenant theology. Yeah. And I think, uh, so So Braden Patterson, uh, he he's one of the, the co-hosts for Open Air Theology. He was okay. a Mormon for 19 years. Wow. Yeah. And so he kind of made like an analogy that I really like where he, you know, he was preaching one day and he had his Bible and he stood it up and like the sun was barren in where it, the, the Bible casted a shadow. Mm. And he was speaking about how that shadow, it cast the, uh, in the Old Testament. Sure. And, and that shadow ends at the foot of Jesus mm. Christ. Yeah. Right. And so he was using the Bible as a way of, not, and he might have had it open, I don't know, but but, but he just kind of had like you know from the New Testament, and there was a shadow that was casted, cast, and uh, excuse me, my street language comes out every once in a while. <laughs> That's uh, okay, and, uh, and 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 he was just speaking about how the things in the Old Testament, these shadows they all come to the feet of the substance yeah and Jesus Christ, Christ is yeah. the substance and so we're going to be looking at some of those of course we can't touch on all of them uh, so we're going to be looking at the shadows the the type and the antitype so Jesus being the antitype right yeah
0: so that's
1: so that's the main purpose and then I think we're gonna eventually focus on some some more reformed Baptist, uh, outlooks. And, um, uh, I think we're going to have one coming up afterwards, uh, on theonomy. I'm not a theonomist. Okay. And so I want people to, to hear the other side, the other side of the argument. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: yeah we're working right now, uh, behind the scenes very soon to have kind of a friend, not a, necessarily a formal debate, but on here before I've hosted some things where we kind of have a conversation where we have uh, people who who are pretty well known in, in each of their fields and and kind of talk about that. And I think we're going to tackle theonomy pretty soon, because with the rise of kind of uh, the popularity of Christian nationalism and things like that, people are really starting to dig in to those type of terms and looking at that. And uh, I think it's very interesting, because I'm kind of in a toss-up situation there. I, I'm going—I I well, I I can see the biblical case for either one, but how it works yeah. pragmatically, and, you know, it's an in- yeah. interesting subject.
1: So I hold to what's called 1689 federalism. Sure. And so, and so, in our federalist theology that we hold to, basically anything that's not new covenant. So, so old covenant cannot enter into new covenant. Yeah. Right. It's all shadows to the substance. And I know that James White is 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 is, you know Mm -hmm. is is is, um has ventured into theonomy. Jeff Durbin and I love these guys, and I would have them to preach in my pulpit, like. Like there's no hard feelings, right? I just yeah. want people to hear the other side of, you know, th- there's other answers, right? Yeah. We, we can be cordial, we can be friends, we can be brothers. We I'm not throwing anyone out of the kingdom. I hope they don't throw me out of the kingdom. Right. I mean if they did, it wouldn't work, but <laughs> but uh, but it's just t- to show there's other ways to to view this, right? And yeah. and um so so if you just take circumcision or Infant baptism. Sure. Right. Uh, well, New Covenant doesn't allow circumcision, I mean, baptism to be, uh, you know, the, the new doesn't allow baptism to be the New Covenant circumcision, right? Circumcision is fulfilled in Christ. So there's a, a type and an anti type. The anti type would be our are being separate from the world in sanctification, right? But the circumcision itself is fulfilled in Christ. The circumcision of Christ, according to Colossians chapter two, is his crucifixion. Yeah. Right. And the in our circumcision which I'm going to be speaking on this at the conference. Our circumcision is regeneration, right? Yeah. But the sign of the covenant is baptism. So the sign of the new covenant, because I am Reformed Baptist, I mm-hmm. I fully subscribe to the confession. The mm-hmm. sign of the new covenant is baptism, yeah. right? And so, um, and so we just want to show people that that these things are not pointing. Say the Pascal lamb. The Pascal lamb does not point to the Lord's supper. It points to Jesus. He is the Lamb yeah. that was slain, right? And so, uh, everything points to Jesus, and then it, it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. And then, from Jesus, new covenant sacraments begin. Yeah, right. So, baptism, Christian baptism, comes from Christ. Yeah, uh, a Christian. Uh, the the Lord's Supper comes from Christ and they do the same things that the Old Testament does. So the Old Testament points to Christ. um, Everything from the New Testament points back to Christ. Our baptism is is the sign of the death, burial, and resurrection. When we take the Lord's Supper, it points back to Christ's death. Uh, This is the body. This is my body that was broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. So everything points to this one moment in time, in history. So circumcision doesn't find its fulfillment in baptism. It finds its fulfillment in Christ. The pascal lamb doesn't find its fulfillment in the Lord's Supper. It finds its fulfillment in Christ. And our new covenant sign, or the new covenant signs and sacraments, find their beginnings in Christ.
0: Well, I was telling Claude uh, Ramsey, a, a friend of ours, that we were talking about, um, and he has uh, here. I stand theology podcast. Make sure you check him out, too, guys. You you guys know him well on this podcast. Uh, he, he was he was podcasting live with me. Uh, we were right next to each other when he was at the Fight, Laugh, Feast uh, yeah. r- rally last year, which is. I told him, you, you know, you're you and uh, Joel Webin who's been on the podcast before. So you guys walking into the den here with us, uh, reformed Presbyterians. And I told him, I said, well, when I come down there, I'm going to be walking in <laughs> to the den with the, uh, reformed Baptists, but, uh, brothers in the Lord, uh, all the same, yeah. you know, uh, I'm going to be very excited to listen to, uh, your talk on, uh, the substance and shadows of, you know, Christ
1: and circumstances. Yeah, if you're a Presbyterian, you're about to be a Baptist <laughs> son. <laughs>
0: Look, and I told James White the same thing. I said, you're the one. His book, Debating Calvinism, is the one that got me on the reform track. And then years later, run a podcast. And he's, uh, you know, giving me a hard time for um, hanging out with the Doug Wilson likes and uh, being reformed Presbyterian. So, uh, but it's but it's good. Um, you know, I, yeah, really, I, mean, like, I really,
1: when I, when I. It's at- good to poke fun, you know, <laughs> to have fun. I mean, but this whole throwing people out the kingdom. No. Man, that is just. No, no. Uh, we're never more like the, the devil than when we do stuff like that.
0: Well, we'll save that for uh, Furtick and Andy Stanley. No, I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding, guys. <laughs> that's a that's a joke here on the podcast. We talk about some of those guys that uh, really uh, look at. Uh, we're, we're supposed to call out uh, false, false uh, theology and false doctrine in any wolves that we see. I'm not going that far right now on this podcast to say those two names are. But look, at there's some teachings that those guys have that we need to, uh, you know, let our brothers and sisters know about that. That's not what the Bible says, but anyway, we're getting off track. Let's uh, put uh, bookends on this thing and wrap it up. Um, So very excited for the conference. I think it's um, how many speakers do we have in all right now? And how many, I believe it's 10. Yeah. And it's over basically three days, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, the, and the debate will be on Saturday and then also James white will be preaching our Lord, our Lord's day service. Yeah. So I'm gonna have Brayden Patterson teaching Sunday school and he'll be teaching on Mormonism. Yeah. Now is, uh, is, then, is
0: is any of this going to be can anyone see it on video or just the are you gonna have anything up afterwards or do they just hey just need, afterwards need to buy yeah, the hundred dollar ticket and come down to uh Tennessee and watch it live, right? There's still tickets available?
1: There's still tickets available. Uh if you want to watch it afterwards, it'll be on my YouTube channel, Open Air Theology. Um, but it it will be quite a while it, you know it takes a long time to get everything uploaded and stuff like that yeah yeah because my wife is slow uh, <laughs> so, she, she, yeah i'm just so, uh, echoing what she just said so,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh no yeah anyone that does anything yeah. with video or uh, or audio yeah. or podcasting it takes a little bit little work behind the scenes to get everything uploaded but i'm glad that that's going to be uploaded because the debate at the end i think is it's uh lsb kind of verse yeah KJV The LSB right?
1: versus the KJV, which one's superior? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's going to be good. You know, the, the, the LSB for those that don't know, it's it's a new translation. Uh, if you if you work with the Greek any at all, and you compare it to the LSB, like it's yeah, it's money.
0: So I just made the jump uh, about a month ago after 15 years in the ESV. Yeah. 12
1: years in ESV. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So yeah. So guys, uh, make sure you go check out, uh, pastor Jeffrey Rice's website, his rebinding, um, remind everyone the name of the 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 business again?
1: Uh, Post Tender Lux Bible Rebinding.
0: There we go. We're going to link up the um, the website so you guys can go check him out. We're going to link up the conference. Uh, we're going to link up where you can get tickets at if you guys want to go. I- I'm going to be down there hopefully doing some interviews, walking around. I'll get you guys some content from the conference too because I think it's going to be very good. Obviously, with Pastor Jeff's approval that we can uh, put up here for you guys and, and, uh, and listen to some of that stuff. Um, Jeff, man, so good to have you on. Thank you for being so generous with your time. I'm telling you, yeah, man. I absolutely love your work that you do with, with Thank the you. Bibles. I would encourage any of our listeners, if you're thinking about it, not only for yourself, or if you uh, want to give it as a gift or surprise someone, a loved one or a spouse or something like that, um. Absolutely quality work, the best I've seen on the internet, and uh, it's a brother in the Lord. So we got to support him, like you said. Got to feed those kids, right?
1: Got to feed my kids. <laughs> got to feed
0: them kids. All right, man. Thanks so much for being on here, guys. Thank you so much uh, for listening to another episode of Dead Man Walking Podcast. As always, you can check us out at DMW Podcast. Find us on all the socials. We try to keep you updated there as well too. Uh, Twitter's growing. We we uh, by leaps and bounds. We just got back on there. Uh, I don't know, eight or nine months ago. And as always, guys, we want you to God bless and remember the chief end of man, glorify God, enjoy him forever. Amen. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Left Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com.
1: None your biscuits.